Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC, providing primary and advanced specialty care throughout all of central Pennsylvania and beyond. A list of providers in the area can be found at upmc.com slash findadoc. According to the Keystone Human Services website, their Susquehanna service dogs change lives for more reasons than one. Their dogs are matched with an owner and are individually trained to suit their owner's needs. Kelsey Parsons, Susquehanna Service Dogs Training Director, Raymond Seelove, Assistance Dog Owner, and his son, Nathan Seelove, who is also an Assistance Dog Owner, join us to share their stories and discuss Susquehanna Service Dogs and their impact. Kelsey, Raymond, and Nathan, thank you all so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So, Kelsey, talk to me a little bit about the Susquehanna Service Dogs and what kind of assistance they provide to their owners and what ages they serve. So Susquehanna Service Dogs is a program of Keystone Human Services. Uh, We have over um, 150 dogs that are in various stages of training. Generally, the dogs uh, spend about a year and a half living with volunteer puppy raiser families. And then when they are about the age of a year and a half, we begin matching them to partners, depending on what the dog's strengths and weaknesses are. The partners that we serve, and that's the term that we use for our clients, because we view uh, the relationship that they have with their dog as a partnership, uh, can really vary greatly depending on what their individual needs are. So we uh, help support individuals that need, may need full service dog placements from the age of 12 upwards. Uh, and those individuals may have any number of physical or psychiatric disabilities. And the dogs are trained to individually support whatever their particular set of disabilities might be. We also actually uh, support individuals in a couple other ways as well with in-home service dogs as well as companion dogs. Oftentimes, especially for our companion dogs, they can be more appropriate for some of our partners that might be younger. Those are dogs that do not go out in in public. Instead, they provide uh, a lot of support within the home to an individual with a disability or the family members of an individual with a disability. So uh, that relationship can often start as early as an individual who might be five or six years old. What are some misconceptions about service animals and why they are used? I think one of the biggest things that we face as a service dog organization and certainly as our partners face, which I'm sure Nathan and Raymond might be able to speak to later, uh, is the misunderstanding of the different uh, terminologies for dogs that support people and the fact that each of those terms has different legal significances that go along with it. The dogs that we train here at Susquehanna Service Dogs are service dogs, which as defined by the federal law would be dogs that are trained to do tasks, meaning actual jobs to mitigate somebody's disability in public. Uh, And the fact that they were individually trained to do those jobs is what makes them service dogs. In comparison, there are a lot of terms or a lot of people that would refer to dogs that help people as emotional support dogs, which um, by the federal law do not have public access. So they may still serve an important job. However, they would support individuals through more emotional support and the calming presence they have. uh, And that legality and the definition between those terms often gets 
misconstrued or misunderstood a little bit, and that can definitely result in some dogs that perhaps have not been trained to be in public actually being in public. Uh, There also is a lot of confusion sometimes with therapy dogs that come into the mix as well. Therapy dogs uh, are dogs that are often pet dogs that have been trained to support other people in facilities such as nursing homes or schools, uh, and those those dogs often kind of get, that term gets thrown around to categorize a lot of other types of service dogs. So we work really closely with our volunteers and our partners and certainly a lot of um, organizations and businesses to make sure that the differentiations between the terms of therapy dog, emotional support dog, and service dog are really well understood uh, so that our partners and our teams understand that we at our organization are training service dogs and what the legal protections are for that particular type of working dog. When people think about, many people think about service dogs, they may often think about Labrador retrievers or German shepherds, but we know that may also be a misconception. So can you uh, share the other different types of breeds that are service dogs? Yeah, absolutely. So any type of dog could be a service dog um, as far as breed goes. However, here at Susquehanna Service Dogs, we work pretty exclusively with uh, our Labrador retrievers, as you mentioned. Mentioned, as well as golden retrievers and some mixes of uh, Labrador and golden retriever combos there. Uh, our reasoning for that is that those dogs and those breeds, particularly the ones that have been bred to do this type of work, are generally very social animals. They are very food motivated, which makes them very easy to train. <laughs> uh, and one of the things that we particularly like uh, about those two breeds in comparison with some others is the fact that they transfer between individuals relatively easily. Uh, so when we're thinking about the structure of our particular program, the dogs will live with volunteers for a year and a half or two years, and then they will begin working with a professional trainer, and then they will be transferred to a partner such as Raymond or Nathan. Uh, And making that switch between homes, between environments, and certainly just between people that they have a relationship with is something that could cause other breeds of dogs a little bit more stress. Um, And in our experience, the breeds of dogs that we use, the Labs and the Goldens, tend to be able to handle those transitions a little bit more smoothly. How are the service dogs selected to be trained to be um, a Susquehanna service dog? So we, our program, um, we are actually part of Assistance Dogs International, and we are also part of an international breeding cooperative that comes along with that. Um, So we maintain our own ethical breeding program within Susquehanna Service Dogs, but we also are collaborating with assistance dog programs around the world. So that can be other service dog programs or guide dog schools. This allows us to really be breeding for decades of time to be able to have the highest quality of health and also be able to breed specifically for temperament traits that are most suitable for service dog work. Even with that, we generally find about 50% of the dogs that might be born into this program will at some point give indications to us that this isn't something they would enjoy doing. It's exceptionally important that we are never forcing a dog that doesn't want to be doing this type of work to do that type of work. So if the dog doesn't seem to have a temperament suitable for service dog work, we might consider other types of jobs, um, including uh, being a VIP, a very important pet. So some (laughs) of those dogs still may uh, be adopted out into the community as pet dogs in Instead, for dogs that are continuing, we're looking for high levels of sociability with people, easy to be training, a lot of confidence with public scenarios, as well as handling novel situations. Since as a service dog, they sometimes encounter things that we might not expect. So we're looking for dogs that can process that effectively and safely um, and cope with those potentially stressful situations really well. You talked about potentially stressful situations. What are some examples of those? 
I think a really nice example of that would be a dog that perhaps normally is living at home or going to work with its partner, and then suddenly that individual might need to go on a work trip where the dog is going to be in a conference, and suddenly they're sitting in a new room and lots of people may be clapping, or perhaps it's somebody who is having a a medical appointment and the dog needs to go to an office that might be different than they've been to before or have different types of equipment in the room than the dog had maybe experienced during training. We can't possibly train or prepare the dogs for every single situation. So our goal instead is to prepare them for novelty and new things um, and look for dogs that can handle that without experiencing uh, stress that would impact their ability to work or their ability to be happy in that environment. You talked about the training uh, that these service dogs go through. Can you talk to me a little bit about the basic and individual training? Absolutely. I love talking about training. (laughs) Um, So for our dogs, when they spend that first year and a half living with the volunteer families, they're attending generally weekly or every other week puppy classes, at which point they're being trained by a professional trainer how to do basic skills like you talked about. And those would be a lot of socialization and a lot of just learning how to live successfully in a home and be able to navigate public spaces. So things like learning to sit and lay down, come when called, walk on a loose leash, things like that. When the dogs are generally about a year and a half old and they start working with their professional trainers, that's when we begin initially laying a foundation for more service dog tasks, things such as pushing or pulling open doors, retrieving particular items, applying targeted deep pressure on various parts of people's bodies. And then once they've been matched with a partner, we really begin customizing that training specifically to what the person needs. At our program, we utilize uh, positive reinforcement training. Uh, So that means that we are reinforcing the behaviors that we're like. We're using a lot of shaping to be able to gradually change behavior into what we're looking for it to be. And we're always giving the dog the option to opt out. Um, We are not doing compulsion or command-based training. And that's important to us because we want the dogs to be able to communicate to us if this isn't something that they enjoy or want to do. I know Raymond and Nathan were a part of the meet the dogs matching process. Can you tell me a little bit about that process, Kelly? Yeah, absolutely. So our meet the dogs process, uh, every program will do that slightly differently for us when we have found a couple of dogs that we think might be good potential fits for um, an applicant or somebody that's on our wait list, we invite them in. And to be honest, it looks a little bit like speed dating for dogs. We will have each dog come into the room for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, They get a chance to be able to visit with the dog, hang out, uh, brief get to know you period. And then we will have them practice doing a couple of very, very basic training exercises with the dog. So they have the opportunity to see them a little bit in play and relax mode and a little bit in work mode. Um, They, meaning the partner, will give us a little bit of their feedback about what characteristics of each of the dogs they liked or disliked or what would take some getting used to. And then we as the professionals are looking a lot at the body language that we saw from the dog during that interaction um, to be able to attempt to match successfully uh, the various personalities between person and dog, as well as home environments, work environments, and the types of tasks that individual will need. Now, how much money does it take to fully fund an an assistance dog from the moment they're born through their entire working life? So at this point, it's actually over about $35,000 for each dog. So it is an expensive process and a lot of time and effort and money has gone into each of them to get them to that point where they are beginning to work with their partners. Raymond, you have an assistance dog or you are a partner of a service dog and that was an individually trained for you. So tell me about your service dog and where breed she is. She's in the in the studio with us today. She's <laughs> she's right here under the table. Um, 
And uh, she is a uh, black lab, um, full-bred black lab. Um, and she's she's been um, trained to do all the normal things, but she also does a couple of specific things for me. Um, a couple of the really helpful ones. Um, I, I have autism, and one of the things that I found in my professional life is that um, social anxiety would make it more difficult for me to to function. Um, I before I retired, I was a professor of anatomy and physiology, and uh, so I would my job involved a lot of interaction with people. So if people were a little bit further away from me, it brought down my um, my stress levels just enough to make it easier for me to think and do what I was trying to do. Uh, so what I would do is have my dog, um, this is actually my second service dog, my previous one and this one will both uh, help to kind of put some distance between me and other people. And um, she will either automatically, by judging the situation herself or on cue, will come in front of me, between me and someone else. So they have to just take one more step further back that I find makes it easier for me to not be overwhelmed with sensory stimulus. Or to my side, um, either left or right side, or especially when I'm out at places like stores in behind me so that people don't come up too close behind me and that can kind of set me off. So that's one of the most important things she does. Yeah. What was it like before having her? Um, uh, I found work extremely stressful. Um, I had I had been managing it, but I was actually um, on the brink um, of a medical collapse. Um, I we we were pretty sure that I was going to have to retire on disability. Um, the having my dog with me made such a difference in the stress levels at work that I I got healthier. Um, I got better control of um, blood sugar was an issue for me. I got much better control of that with less stress. And I ended up being able to complete my my whole thirty years with a normal retirement. That it was ten years of work history that nobody thought I would have. In fact, my physician told my wife I wasn't going to be alive. Yeah. Um, but it uh, it just made all the difference in the world for me. You had a dog previously. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about the dog that you had previously and uh, how you got through the process of her passing away. So Coriander was a chocolate lab and absolutely gorgeous. Um, she, one of the fascinating things about her, she, and, and this is kind of related to what Kelsey was saying about matching dogs to individual people. When she came to my Meet the Dogs, um, she wasn't really there to be partnered with somebody. 
she was there to test some training that she had been through because she, when she would get nervous, would have to have something in her mouth. And she would take people's hands in her mouth. And they were desperately trying to stop her from doing that because people tend not to like that. Uh, so they trained her and trained her and they thought she was going to be okay. And then when she got nervous, because meet the dogs is a really stressful situation, um, speed dating, but in front of a jury, yes. <laughs> um, she immediately got very nervous. She went for my hand and she gave me this very soft pressure right on my hand. And that pressure immediately caused me to calm down. This wouldn't necessarily work for everybody, but for me, hand pressure like that just made almost a miraculous difference. And so she went from being on trial to for possibly being let go from the program to being partnered because what worked for her worked for me. And it just made all the difference. Uh, I've since trained my successor dog to do that, too. It wasn't quite as easy because it didn't come as naturally for her. But um, it's it's one of those things that uh, service dogs are very individual. And um, one of the things I miss most about Coriander is her mouth and the way she would hold my hand. That hand-holding was really special. Um, she, she had a good life, a good long life, and she got to meet my successor dog. And, uh, you know, she had gotten to the point where she was really too old. She couldn't handle the work of going out every day and being out in public. Um, but she still wanted to do it. She would push herself because she, we were partners. She wanted to take care of me. And when I got my successor dog and she saw that I was being taken care of, she um, she was still part of my life, but she was happy to let my successor dog take over the work because she just couldn't do it anymore. And Raymond, you're going to have another dog that's going to join your family uh, as your wife yes. is in the training process for a, an assistance dog. That's correct, yes. Um, Shelly is getting a, uh, a dog. Now, she had previously had a therapy dog. Um, so a therapy dog only has the same legal rights as a pet. Um, but her dog has been getting really old, and we're not expecting her to last much longer. Um, a service dog will do some of the things that the therapy dog did, but because it's a service dog, it will have public access rights, and that is going to make it much easier for Shelley to function in public instead of only having that service at home. Nathan, you also have a service dog, or you're partnered with a service dog. What kind of impact has your dog had on your, on your life? Um, so my service dog's name is Blake, and... She, she is my second service dog as well. And I actually, when I, when my other service dog, Sylvia was nearing the end of her uh, service dog life, I was, I had this idea in my head that I wouldn't get another service dog. I thought like, 
this is it. I, I can't see myself bonding with another one. And then one day, uh, Sylvia got sick and like, like, like it was, it was, it was, well, it, it was a, it was an injury in her, in her foot. And, uh, she had to, she had to be in the vet for a while. And so I had to go to school without her. And I realized I can't do this. Like, this is, this is horrible. I was in, I was in graduate school at the time. So I realized that I really did need to get a second, uh, service dog and just overall service dogs in my life have made it possible for me to do a lot of things that I previously would not have thought that I could ever do. I I've had service dogs since I was 11 years old and it made it so that I could go to college. It made it so I could go to graduate school. And my current service dog comes with me to uh, to my job. I'm I'm also I'm also a professor, although I I teach uh, communication studies instead of um, instead of biology, like my dad, uh, which I refer to as social science, and he refers to as fake science. <laughs> um, and I mean, it just it just lets me get through my day in ways that uh, I was never able to before I had a service dog. And I, it, it's hard for me to think about how things were um, before service dogs were a part of my life. They were just, uh, it, it's, I can't imagine life without service dogs now. Kelly, if someone is interested in uh, supporting Susquehanna service dogs or uh, just being a part of uh, that process, how can they do so? So one of our biggest and most urgent needs is for volunteer puppy raisers. Um, Our volunteer puppy raisers are the families that uh, will care for the dogs and keep a dog in their home, uh, generally for about a year and a half. Uh, SSD, Susquehanna Service Dogs, will provide all the costs for the veterinary care and the training classes and everything else. Um, We do offer puppy raising opportunities here in the Harrisburg area, as well as in Penn State and out towards Philadelphia. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with all of you today. Thank you all so much.